Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. And today's guest is Tiffany. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm um, pretty honored to be here. Appreciate your platform. I'm so happy to have you. So tell me, I love to ask this question to every guest. How did you get started in what you're doing today? Mm, That's a good question. So I started... Uh, Well, I became a breath coach, a functional breathing coach, uh, probably about two years ago now. And it started with my own sort of inner transformation. And I was going through about three and a half years ago. um, I was going through a pretty hard divorce. And it was in those moments that I really was self-reflecting and, you know, trying to understand who I was and who was that person that showed up in that marriage then how do I not do that again? Like, how do I, you know, regain myself, you know? Um, Because obviously I, I, I sort of lost a piece of myself within it and it's no one's fault. It's, it's just what happened, you know? And I didn't, I didn't want to be that person again. And so, you know, through my journey and again, through this transformation um, within myself and really, you know, taking that step inward, I was drawn to the breath. Um, I had learned about it probably about five years before or so, um, because somebody was telling me about Wim Hof and Wim Hof is this pretty exceptional individual who, uh, he's known as the Iceman and he also has some breathing techniques. And so, um, I was looking for a way to help move some of this emotion that was very strong within my body. And, I found the breath to really be a powerful sort of impetus to this, you know, energetic movement, so to speak. And so I would, um, I would do it as he, you know, sort of prescribed, but there was a question that I always, that I had while doing it. And it was, where do I breathe from? (laughs) Which is kind of a funny thing, but you know, I I had posted the question in the Facebook group and most of the people said, well, wherever feels comfortable or where, or, you know, your mouth or your nose or whatever, but somebody had um, inserted a book link in there and it was the oxygen advantage by Patrick McEwen. And so I read it and I just became enamored with it. And I was like, holy moly, people need to know this. And I, you know, then after that I Googled, cause I was like, this is amazing. And so I Googled it and I found out that I could learn to be an instructor. So I was like, head first, I did that. Um, and then I was like, well, that's not really enough. And so then I did the advanced instructor, co- you know, advanced instructor course. And so that's where I am now. Um, and it's something that is just so powerful. And it's something that often we don't pay enough attention to because breathing is a very autonomic process, which is a beautiful thing. But we pay attention to so much other things in our lives, but without breath, I mean, that's the quickest way to not breathing <laughs> is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. trying to, you know, use my words carefully there, but our breath is so important and it, it facilitates all of these functions within us, you know, and we're focused on food and we focus on water and we focus on, which is a great thing to focus on, but how are we breathing? And how we breathing can really dictate so many other things within our bodies, you know, within our nervous system, within how we feel and perceive. That 
it, yeah, we don't even think about really breathing. We just sort of are like, oh, we just sort of do it and stuff. I don't, I don't really think about it. So what do you, like with breath, where do you even like start and stuff with your clients? Yeah, that, you know, and that, and that's a great question. So what, cause, cause it began, it's like, well, but I'm doing it, <laughs> you know? And that's why I always start when I'm like working with somebody, I'm like, okay, first things first, are you breathing? Check. Okay, cool. Um, because we're doing it. We're doing it all the time. We're doing it thousands of times within the day, if not more. So where do we start? And in, I think it just comes to first, just like a tiny bit of education and then trying it on right? Because if you don't experience something, you surely can't know how it feels. And if we don't know how it feels, then we have no reason to do anything. Because why would we? You know what I mean? There's no like intrinsic motivation there. So when it comes to the breath, I mean, I think the most powerful sort of statement that I can make when it comes to the breath is our mouth has no function of breath. Our nose supports over 32 functions of breath. And so that can be pretty mind blowing right from there because we have this, we can breathe from our mouth, right? And most of us are mouth breathers. Yeah. And now someone's saying, well, no, actually shut your mouth, which is another just fun way to tell people to shut their mouth, which I enjoy, right? So it's, <laughs> it's really just a breathe from our nose. And there's so many reasons to breathe from our, our nose that supersede any reason to breathe out of your mouth. But it's very hard because as a society, it is not something that, you know, Amanda, you didn't wake up one morning and be like, yeah, I actually don't like breathing out of my nose. I don't like it very much. So I'm just going to stop that. Right. Like, that's not good. Yeah. For me. I'm not going to do that. No, nobody right now who's listening to this has thought to themselves, I pay attention to where I breathe from. Most likely you might pay attention more to your nose if you have a stuffy nose right? If you are like have allergies and things like that, you might say, well, of course I breathe out of my mouth. I can never breathe out of my nose. But outside of that, we don't think about it because it happens. But I'm saying "Mm, we might need to think about it. It might help you to think about where you're breathing from. And how will it help us? That's another great question. So there's a couple of ways that it can really help us. Now, it will become hard if you don't breathe out of your nose, um, or if it's not something that you pay attention to, to close your mouth and really start breathing out of your nose with intention. And I say that only because our mouths are very large and our nose, our nostrils are very small. So it feels almost like we're not getting enough air sometimes through our nose, even though we're getting far better quality air from our nose than we do from our mouth. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Like One reason to breathe out of our nose, we were just talking about sickness, right? Is our nose has, you know, as soon as it, as soon as the air enters, it already starts to work on that air. And so we can look at that from a germ perspective, right? If we're mouth breathing, we're just inhaling germs and it's hitting our respiratory system. Our nose is going to filter that prior to ever hitting our respiratory system, which can be a very powerful thing. So I use this example, it's disgusting, but I use it anyway, because I think it resonates. But like, if you and I are sitting next to each other and I sneeze and you are mouth breathing, mm-hmm. think about what happens. You're just oh, inhaling everything yeah, with your right. mouth and it's hitting your respiratory system. Yeah. But if you're sitting next to me and I sneeze, because I'm rude and I don't cover my mouth, <laughs> I would never do that. But yeah, you breathe with your nose. 
your nose is already going to start working on those germs right there before they even hit your respiratory system. There's so many gases and things that happen within our nose. So that's one reason I bring that up first only because we're in the world of like germs are bad right now. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so that's like, that's one of the reasons right there. It's Um, like clean everything and stuff. Right. Exactly. Um, And another reason is that when we breathe from our nose, we're actually getting quality air where we're not from our mouth. And, um, the, you know, the way to kind of understand that is if, um, (coughs) excuse me. So when we breathe from our mouth, again, we're going to be breathing more air. And what happens is, is we become less sensitive to carbon dioxide. And so that means that we're actually not oxygenated. And that's a funny thing. So let me describe that a little bit better for you. In the presence of carbon dioxide, our oxygen cells within our body, our oxygen rich like cells will start to release. But if we have too much oxygen, they actually won't release. So even though it might suggest that we have 98, 99% of oxygen saturated cells in our body, doesn't mean that they're being released. So we're far more oxygenated when we breathe from our nose because there's more resistance to it. So we will get more carbon dioxide within our body. But I think one of the easiest ways to understand, right? Those two are a little bit more technical. One of the easiest ways to understand is simply this. Our autonomic nervous system has two branches. One of them is our fight or flight, which is our sympathetic nervous system. And the other branch is our parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest. Our, where we breathe from, can feed into our nervous system. And so if you are in a stressed state, your breath will likely become more rapid and you will likely breathe from your mouth. But what you're doing is putting yourself more in a stressed state. Whereas it's in those moments of being in a stressed state that you wanna pause in what I call breathe with intention in and out through your nose to activate your rest and digest. So you have this automatic, it's like the remote control of your nervous system. Mm-hmm. So are you feeding your stress or are you working to help your stress, to mitigate your stress? And so we can do, we can show you exactly what that looks like. So, you know, unless you're driving, of course, don't try this, but for everyone else, if you can put your hand on your upper chest here one hand on your upper chest and one hand like right underneath your breastbone there. And now if we take a couple of breaths in and out of our mouth, you feel your upper hand moving, right? And I don't know if you noticed, but I can see it in yours, your shoulders are shrugging up and down. I mean, I'm exaggerating, I'm exaggerating it right there, but that, that's what's yeah. happening. Right? And then your bottom hand doesn't move too much, correct? Mm-mm. Okay. Now let's take a couple of intentional breaths from our nose. Upper hand doesn't move much, right? No, it doesn't. Shoulders don't really move, but your bottom hand moves in and out, doesn't it? That's your diaphragm. That is your breathing muscle there. And did you notice a difference when you were doing the mouth breath to the nose breath? Did one feel better than the other? Um, the nose. It did. 
Yeah. And you know why? Because that's actually a deep breath. Yeah. That's a deep breath. Oftentimes we confuse a big breath with a deep breath. So have you ever been upset and somebody says, no, it's cool. Just, you know, take a couple breaths, take a couple big breaths. And yeah. then, you yeah. know, first of all, it's annoying when somebody tells you that, but second of all, <laughs> you tell you especially hear when you're a kid and stuff. Yeah, exactly. But in reality, what you're actually doing is putting yourself in a higher stress state because you're matching your breath to where you are. Does that make sense? So yeah. you're breathing with your mouth. You're not going to help mitigate it. And while it's valuable advice, the piece that we're missing is breathe in and out of your nose. Mm -hmm. Because the minute we start to breathe intentional, and that's what I call it, is more because we cannot, it's an autonomic process, which means we don't have to think about it 24 seven. It's a beautiful thing. We can't even think about it half of our day because that's all we would do. We'd just be like, no, I'm breathing. Can't do anything. I'm breathing. You know what I mean? You're right. But in those moments where we can, that's where I say two, right? In those quiet moments or in those moments within your day where you can reflect in and focus on you, that's where to breathe in and out of your nose. And that's where I call it breathing or conscious breathing or breathing with intention because when you do that, the other pretty awesome thing that happens is you're looking back inwards. You're reflecting inwards towards yourself. Mm -hmm. And that can be a scary place to be. <laughs> yeah. But the more time we spend there, the better we are, not only for ourselves, but for everyone else around us. And I like that. And it's, I like that it, it's looking at yourself and inner, what's inside of you too and stuff. Yeah, because we can also reflect, right? So if we're yeah. feeling charged for any reason, and we know that we're not, and how I kind of talk about it is, are you showing up in your truest, most authentic self? Yeah, right. We all have values. And if you haven't thought about them, then I encourage you to because you do have a set of values within you. And a lot of times we're showing up in our stressed state. And I don't know if you can identify with this, but oftentimes when we're in our stress state, we're actually not showing up as our truest, most authentic self. Because what happens is our perception gets a little skewed. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, um, you know, like I, I have a daughter and if she spills something, you know, it's like, oh, why did you do that? Why, you know? Right. But when I'm in a calm state, you know, we'll just pick it up. It's no problem. Right. Right. So yeah. There's yeah. things that will happen when we're in a very charged state that sort of skews our perception of things. Like somebody might cut you off in traffic because you're already stressed and now you're pissed off at, or excuse me, you're upset with a person that you don't even know, right? You don't even know <laughs> yeah. why they could have done what they, you think that they did to you. Yeah. And it makes, and it makes sense to me. Cause I feel like I have a friend and he's just like, Oh, the world is bad. And like, mm -hmm. yeah. And he's texted me and sent this mess, like this message about like, Oh, is the world going to get better? And I'm like, well, it's all your mindset and stuff. The, the world doesn't have to get better. It's just yeah. how you perceive it. Yeah. Right. And how you settle in within yourself. And that's such a powerful thing too, because again, oftentimes we think things are being done to us when we are in those, in that stressed space. But when we're coming from our truest, most authentic self, we have the capacity and the ability to understand 
and to know the greater, you know, the greater, the greater happenings or the greater workings. Right. And so it's the same thing as like I say, how, you know, have you ever showed up to a conversation, had it. And then after been like, Oh, I said so many things I didn't mean. And then I shouldn't have said those and kind of beat yourself up for it. Yeah. And especially if you're stressed out and you're tired and you're doing too much things. And that's yeah. the thing. We all do so many things. Mm-hmm. If your emotional yeah. wheel is already off balance, then you are you don't have the capacity to show up as your truest, most authentic self. But when you can spend a few minutes prior to whatever it may be, right, to intentionally breathe, you can help sort of slow that emotional wheel down. And I like how you said slowing down and stuff. You could easily just do this just simply on a walk or just throughout your day at like meal times and just do it. Yeah. And especially like, you know, you were talking about walking before and walking is such a beautiful thing because there's a couple of things that are happening there. You're moving your body, which is always helpful because energy just gets stuck within us. And so if we don't know how to move it, you know, we need to move it. And so energy, or excuse me, walking is a very powerful thing. The other thing about walking that's super powerful is you're out in nature and nature is so healing all in itself. And if you can match your breath to that, I'll say the word meditation. And I know sometimes, um, you know, people don't identify with that and that's okay. But when you are breathing with intention, when you're breathing in and out of your nose, it is a form of meditation and it helps to quiet our brains. And so it can be a really powerful thing. I like, I like how you said quiet our brains because I feel like we just get so much stuff all the time. We're getting notifications on our phone, we're getting texts, every app's going off. It's like hundreds of emails. It's just crazy how much we're getting bombarded with like all this stuff nowadays distraction as I see it, like, right. Like, I mean, if you look at our world is built to not ever have to pause or look inward, (laughs) Yeah, you know, there's, there's so many distractions, so many distractions out there. I mean, we could even deem this podcast to be a bit of a distraction from ourselves. And I don't mean that, right. I don't mean that. It's just to highlight the fact that there's so much stimulus within our day, in our world. And so we've removed ourselves from ourselves when really we need to put ourselves <laughs> back in ourselves, right? Because that's who we are. And that's where, you know, we can identify things within ourselves. Because again, if you're in a stressed state and again, your breath is matching your stress state and you're, you know, really hyper um, aware of your stress state. And I say, you know, Amanda, what's going on? And you're probably going to give me, you know, the last thing that happened, right. Or all yeah, of these yeah. things that are probably pretty erroneous that really it's a matter of perception, right? You're like, yeah, you know, it, it might not be the main thing that you're, that's driving the stress. Exactly. Exactly. So if we can't like, and now, now at the same time, if you, you know, tell me 17 things that stressed you out, Well, the 17 things didn't stress you out. It was probably the first one. But what happens is it compounded with the second one. It compounded with the third one and so on and so on and so on. So you didn't recognize within yourself 
that something was off from the first. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. And so it's in those moments where the more that we can look inward, when that one thing sort of sets us in a bit of a shift, that we can pause and think, okay, what happened there? And, and, and when we can reflect inwards, we tend to leave other people out of it. What happened there? Like, what, why am I experiencing this? Or what is my perception of this? And you can mitigate that one thing instead of compounding it with all of that. But the interesting thing is, as I see it is, we live in a stressed space and people identify with it, right? Like yeah. we want to commiserate over how much stress that we have. I find stress and medicine are the two things people want to commiserate on. Like how much medicine are you taking and how much stress do you have, right? And you, how busy are you and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Instead of like, what are you doing for self-care? Like, let's start yeah. that. Like, what did you yeah. do for yourself today? Let's start that conversation. Right? A lot of times we all just talk about, oh, I'm so busy. I have this, this happening the rest of the day, whatever we were doing. Right. But what are we celebrating? Nothing. A lot of exactly. A lot so of times. What about celebrating, you know? Yeah. And I know that I'm talking about a lot that doesn't seem as if it, you know, is parallel to the breath. Yeah. But again, if you experience it, you might understand it for yourself and see that, well, it is sort of like the seat of myself, you know, to be able to look inward. And again, if we're having a hard conversation, you know, if we have to have a hard conversation or about, or you're going to tell me something that is a little hard for you, you want to do it in your truest, most authentic self, correct? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, and stuff. And, and then I, how I receive it too, right? Right. So we can give each other both that space. And a lot of that comes from just being able to breathe with intention. Yeah. And I think finding those friends where you could celebrate those accomplishments and stuff it's not always the easiest thing and stuff but and then also someone you could talk to about the harder stuff yeah definitely i mean there's a world of support out there sometimes we just need to find you know where it is but you know again this is something that we can do within ourselves for ourselves yeah because i think sometimes we're super hard on what we are doing in life and stuff. So celebrating those wins and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Taking time to celebrate, you know, the beautiful beings that we all are because we all are beautiful. I would like to know, um, do people come to you? How many people are like mouth breathers? And, and then who, how, like what percentage is more like nose breathers? Is it do people struggle with one or the other? Yeah. So most people by and large, I, I, I think, you know, Patrick says it's like 60 to 70% of the population that is mouth breathers. And yeah. then you have like the variations in between, um, you know, in people as a society, we have unintentionally become mouth breathers. Like nobody, like I said, nobody was born and was like, no, this actually isn't working for me. Um, but what happened is, you know, a couple of things over um, 
probably about a hundred and, you know, over the turn of the 19, you know, the 19th century there, um, processed foods really started to come about. And so how we metabolize food matters because it ma we metabolize food through our breath. And so processed foods, be that as it may, this is not a conversation of good, bad, or indifferent. It just right. is. They're a little bit more foreign to our body. And so our bodies have to work a little bit harder. And so an, uh, an easy way to identify this within yourself is if you eat a big meal at a restaurant, perceive how you breathe after. Because your breathing rate will probably increase. And because of that, you will probably be more inclined to mouth breathe. And so, again, this is our ancestors, too, who experienced this. And the second reason that we, um, as a society, have transitioned more into mouth breathers is um, because most babies, and again, this is not a conversation of, um, you know, what you should or shouldn't do. It's just mere sharing of information, right? Right. But most babies nowadays aren't breastfed the way they used to be. You know, That's and again, true. formula came around like the 1950s and uh, a bottle is a very easy thing for a baby to drink from. Yeah. A breast is not. And so the difference becomes in how the babies develop their face, like their facial structures and everything and their okay. tongue, mm -hmm. right? So that's really all that, what I'm saying, right? If you give an infant, a breast, it's very hard for them to drink from. They need to work for it. But what happens is, is it helps to align their face, their jaws, their tongue, all of that. Now, if you have somebody who's bottle fed, again, the bottle is very easy to drink from, right? By design, it's made yeah. to be easy yeah. to drink from. And then what happens is, is, you know, baby food, like in steps, baby food. Yeah. And so baby food is very soft and the babies don't have to do much. They just have to like push it to the yeah. back of their throat and then it's gone. Yeah. And so because of that, again, as a society, no one person, right? It's really helped to underdevelop our, our, our jaws, our whole tongue structure and everything like that. And so again, in lies the mouth breathers. So by and large, I think the percentage is probably higher of people who mouth breathe um, pretty frequently because they just don't know any different. You know, this is not, yeah. you know, this is not a, you know, you're bad because you, you've been mouth breathing. No, it has, it has nothing to do. I'm saying it's not your fault. <laughs> it's like permission. Like, no, you didn't know. You didn't right. know what you knew. Right. Yeah. But now it's a matter of, okay, well, what do I do with it? And one of the things is, is when you can shut your mouth, right. And you're not going to be able to do it a hundred times a day. I get it. But if you're doing it once today, because you're listening to this, then you'll only have to think about it one more time tomorrow because you'll remember that one other time. And so now this starts to compound. Does that make sense? And yeah. So your feeling starts to compound. That's interesting. So it gets started super young and stuff. You were saying about the babies and stuff. Oh yeah. And I mean, look at the kids nowadays, you know, with the ADHD and all sorts of things. And, you know, as Patrick says it, he believes it has everything to do with the breath. Um, that's, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. I, I, I just think about my sister just had her second baby and stuff just like this week and she breastfed it her second and she was strict about it for like up to like two years old or something. Mm -hmm. And, she knew how important that was. Yeah. And so she's also done a, 
a, a world of good for the baby's face, which is so interesting because yeah. when we are mouth breathers as kids in lies orthodontic work, because what happens and it actually shifts the chain, like if you were to take a picture of yourself and I'm not saying you, like you specifically, right? Yeah, yeah. But how you were supposed to look versus how you may look can be two different things purely because of how you breathe. And I'll oh. tell you why. It's so interesting, right? Yeah, that but is interesting. When you close your mouth, tell me where your tongue is resting. It's a weird question, I know. The top? Yeah, it's resting on the top. And now open your mouth and where is your tongue? It's at the bottom. Bottom. So yeah. our tongue, if we think about it, is the scaffolding of our jaw. Yeah. It's supposed to keep that pressure up there. So mm -hmm. if we're largely mouth breathing, it literally narrows our jaw in lies orthodontic work. It shifts, the ch it shifts our teeth. It helps, you know, move our cheekbones and everything. All because we are kids breathing out of our mouth. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't, our parents didn't know, you know, no. now, you said your, your sister just had a baby. Is it an infant now? The baby's an infant. Yeah. The baby's just a few days old. Okay. So the and then as she has an almost three-year-old. Okay. Most beautiful thing is to perceive how an infant breathes. If they're a healthy infant, they breathe so light and with so little effort. And as a matter of fact, that's why we kind of get a little freaked out <laughs> with infants because yeah. they breathe so light and they're so effortless with their breath. You can hardly ever hear them unless they're sick or something. And that's how we should be breathing as infants breathe. And then our, you know, through society and stuff, we've changed how we're supposed to breathe. Again, you didn't do it. I didn't do it. It just happened. Yeah. But one of the things I had when I had my daughter, one of the things the nurse told me was if you want to see if your daughter, if your daughter's breathing, because all mothers do. She's like, never put your hand on their chest. Now go back to the exercise that we did before. The baby's not breathing from their mouth. So how would you ever feel them breathe? She said, if you wanna feel a baby, if they're breathing, especially throughout the night, is to put their hand right on the outside of their ribs, their lower ribs, mm. because they're breathing with their diaphragm. And so if we take both of our hands, and I, I like this exercise, because it can help connect you to what I'm talking about. And it becomes a little bit of a sensory experience too. But if we take both of our hands and put them on the lower sides of our, our, the lower sides of our ribs. And if we breathe in and out of our nose, you feel your hands expand as you breathe in, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then as you breathe out, as you exhale, our diaphragm moves back into its resting position. So our hands go back. And so this is actual function. This is how it should be. And that's functional movement as well. That's what you should be experiencing when you breathe is your diaphragm moving in and out. So when we're, when we're breathing with our chest, again, remember that exercise, our bottom hand didn't move too much because we're not even using that muscle. So if we're not breathing with our diaphragm, we can't even be functionally moving. So think about anyone out there who, you know, works out and cares about their form. Well, if you're not breathing correctly, you're not functionally moving. And then, you know, think about people who sit all day. They're sitting all day, which isn't- We all you know, do. Yeah, which isn't the best for our bodies, right? Yeah. And then if we're poorly breathing, 
in lies low back pain, in lies uh, a, an unsupported core, right. because our breathing muscle has everything to do with our entire core stabilization. And so again, we're just hurting. Her. And then when your mouth breathes too, remember we talked, you know, about the shoulders. I mean, that's exaggerated, right. but that's exactly what happens is they shrug up and down when we mouth breathe. So we're really throwing our body out of alignment too. We're throwing our body out of mechanical alignment and we're throwing it out of chemical alignment. Because if we're taking in too much carbon dioxide or if we're offloading too much carbon dioxide, where there's a shift in our chemical balance within our body, which is a very delicate thing. And so sometimes when people shift to nose breathing, they might actually get a little dizzy because they're just not used to it. They might actually detox. Oh, that's interesting. To, depending on how fast and how far you take it, right? Right. Because your body is experiencing a different uh, level of oxygen and carbon dioxide balance, which is, is appropriate right? And your body will identify with it, but it might shake you up just a tiny bit, if that makes sense. So it's depending on the person, it might take some time for them to get used to breathing the right way. Yes, exactly. Um, I know for myself, it took me probably about six weeks of really, really conscious effort. And like a lot of times people ask me, well, what about like working out? And I'm like, yeah, you need to do it there the most because you're not, you're not helping yourself. And the interesting thing is, is that when we breathe from our nose, we become more oxygenated. So if you're feeling out of breath, it's to breathe through your nose because that's where you're going to be more oxygenated. And so, you know, I see people running all the time and they're just with their mouths open. And a lot of times runners will either just breathe with their mouth open fully, or they'll do an in through the nose and out through the mouth. And that, again, that isn't the best for you either because you're only taking in so much oxygen and you're offloading so much carbon dioxide because so much more will come out of your mouth than it does your nose. So it's such an interesting, interesting thing. Um, but it, it's hard. It's hard. Like I remember the first time I'm, I'm a hiker and the first time I committed to hiking strictly breathing from my nose, I had to stop way more than I ever have. It took me way longer because I just wasn't used to it, but I committed to it. And then after a couple of hikes, it's no problem now. I'm likely the only one on the trails breathing out of my nose, <laughs> but I'm better for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, and that makes sense. And, but I just, it sounds like it's just like, you just have to practice, 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 practice. It's just like anything else. Yeah. You just have to practice. You have to try it on and you want to just make sure it feels good for you. And I trust that if you, if you do it, it will feel good because you will be getting a different amount of air. You know, it, it would just be so different. It will feel, it will feel better. And again, you're actually, you have the remote control of your nervous system right on you. You know, where do you want to be? Do you want to show up in a stress state? Do you want to feed your stress or do you want to help mitigate your stress? The last one is what we all should want. Mm -hmm. So it does take some time. There is an adjustment period. You, you know, it's very, I mean, I went all in, but I don't think that like most of my clients, 
Um, there's only one other person that I, I've worked with that really kind of went all in. Most people don't because there's so many other things going on, just like we're talking about. But every time you can consciously think about it is one less time you have to think about it for the next time. And that's where it can be a beautiful thing because you can catch yourself, you know? It's like talking is the only time I'll, I have to breathe in and out of, well, I largely breathe in my nose and talk out my mouth. Yeah. But outside of talking, it's very rare that you would find me mouth breathing outside of my sickness. <laughs> right. Of course, if you're sick and stuff. Is there anything else you would like to share before we wrap up? Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's no one's fault. And so I don't ever want to come across as if like, this is, you know, everything is all bad and everything should be good or this and that. It's like, no, just try it and then try it again and then try it again, you know, because we always want to just be gentle with ourselves or have compassion for ourselves because we live in a world where there's so much going on and happening all the time and we're doing so much all the time, you know? And it's just about having just a tiny bit of self-compassion and knowing that you have this on you right now. When we talk about like tool bags and things like that, I mean, our breath is, and nobody needs to know we're doing it. You don't know, you don't have to, excuse me, I'm gonna intentionally breathe for a few minutes. Like, no, we can, we can right, just, exactly. we just do it. Yeah. We just do it and, and yeah. we're the better for it. Because again, how we, how we are inside is a direct reflection of how we show up for others too. That's so true. And I think showing up for others is so important. We also have to take that time for ourselves and work That's on the breath. Yeah. Well, thank you. This was an interesting conversation and stuff. So I believe my audience is going to get a lot out of this. So thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.